Have you had your soup today? And the cold, crisp taste of Coke is so satisfying, it keeps me from eating something else that might really add those pounds. Six pounds, pounds. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to our episode of Sheologians. We're here today to put the... Oh, I have one for you. Okay. That's what I'm excited about. This... And one of these? Yes. And... Um, okay. I'm ready. In the mid... There was like one of our more recent episodes. I went... And I was like, I will save my thoughts. This is what I thought This of. is it. Okay. And guess what? I wrote it down, which is why we can have this conversation now. Brilliant. <laughs> We're learning to write things down. And, you know... I was walking to my car yesterday and I thought maybe we've already done this one, but I just got so excited because for about a week, I truly believed we hadn't done it. So maybe we have, but today we're here to put the her in red herring. That's me clapping into the microphone. Very good. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's very good. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's very, very good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. My daughter was studying those last week. Yep. In the, Much fa- effort the fallacy that. detective. <laughs> um, that's that's what we're here to do. My name is Summer Yeager. <laughs> I'm here with my beautiful co-host Joy. Um, I have two email things to respond to right now. Um, the first, well, I have an email to read you, and um, if well, I halfway through the email burst into tears so that's but i'm gonna save that so the other (laughs) save it for when for right after the happy emails and okay okay well this is happy anyway we're gonna get there in a minute this is not sad tears happy tears but no sad tears oh but also happy tears anyway wow we're gonna take you on a journey today we're on a roller coaster ride in so many ways buckle in um I have gotten no less than 40 either private messages to our Instagram or emails or Facebook inbox or text messages, whatever, um, from the uh, the Protein Nation, from just women who are like, hey. Oh, Protein Nation. Summer, um, I've been eating protein and I've been. You feel better mildly in a calorie deficit and for the first time in my life life I've lost some weight and thanks and I've also gotten the really mad emails no that's not how it works and I don't care that's I don't care uh really angry just mad mad my hormones okay well anyway protein nation has taken off y'all are eating your protein y'all are messaging me y'all are have feeling better y'all are losing fat good for you yeah I think in general good for um, you I think even for someone who's mad mm. and maybe disagrees with the science of thermodynamics, um, <laughs> I think that we can at least all agree that when someone intentionally pays attention to their diet and is trying to get less, like when you're focusing on your protein, usually you're going to be getting less processed foods less sugary foods. Um, And then especially if you're pairing that with some working out, at the very least, you're going to be feeling better. Even if you're not dropping weight, 
yes. you're going to be feeling better. I actually had someone tell me this this is something that that people believe and this is why it's it's not true. That's why I think it's important to talk about, but I had so like can we all agree your body the human God made the human body to require three things or else it dies. Let's name them. Food, water, oxygen. Oh, okay. Food, yes. food, right? So mm-hmm. You know, in general, what do they say? You can't go four minutes without oxygen, without dying. Four right. days without water, without dying. Forty days without food. without food. Mm-hmm. So the slowest moving one to make a change is food. By the way, yeah. Um, but I've had some people tell me, you know, you know, I, I eat five hundred calories a day and I can't lose weight. And I, well, I'm just like, wow, that's um, your body is the first self sustaining body I've ever heard of. What you are telling there me. There are people that, that they're called breatharians <laughs> that claim to filter feed yeah. off of things in the air. There are people that have claimed to have not eaten yeah. anything mm-hmm. for years. Yeah. And they're liars. They, ha- they have <laughs> self. That's what they're eating. Their bodies. That's what's sustaining them is lies. What, what you're saying when you say I am in an extreme calorie deficit. And I'm not losing weight. What you're saying is that your body is self-sustaining. You believe that without food, your body right. will sus- maintain its current state of being. I wonder if people say that about water or <laughs> oxygen. Right. I and I don't, I'm not talking to you people that drink Diet Dr. Pepper instead of water. <laughs> yeah, I'm not talking about you. <laughs> Though anyway, shame on you. <laughs> there's also a lot of people who don't who don't want us to talk about anything food related because they have someone in their life who sins with food and that. Well, you know, and it's like you know, here's the deal is is that uh, food is not the problem, sin is. And I'm still going to talk about my car, even though people can sin with their cars. Where I where I have a gun. Speaking of 500 calories. <laughs> You should not just eat 500 calories. Speaking that of, is a problem. That is a problem. Um, um, but yeah, if you, <laughs> I would say that, you know, there's a difference between mm. eating 500 calories for being on a 500 calorie a day diet for six hours is very different <laughs> from being on a 500 calorie a day diet for a month. Oh, help me with the email. But I think, help yeah, me I think because... we, look, as someone who... I understand the delusion surrounding food. We really do delude ourselves. Uh-huh. We th- we tend to think we've tried diets longer than we actually have. Harder than we actually right. have. We, t- we, we tend to think we tell we've... ourselves we've been more consistent than right. we actually have. Yes. Yeah. The, the thing about your health is if it took you 30 years to get to this place, I don't know why you think it's going to take three weeks to get out because it's going to take right. a lot more than and that. And most people aren't making it three weeks. Right. I mean, I get like, look, I get it. The only reason I'm calling out the delusion is because I also need, (laughs) I need the, I need the pill that cures the delusion as well. Um, Because it's just, and we all want it in pill form, don't we? We all have, we all have areas. Not me. I can't swallow pills. Oh yeah. (laughs) That actually explains a lot, doesn't it? That explains why you are so. I'm going to call it white pilled. <laughs> Amen. Just it's so accurate. Um yeah, white pilled that's a new category of person. It's <laughs> me. 
that's my category. And it's for people that are have always been <laughs> unbothered <laughs> because they can't swallow pills. I can't. You, you want me to take that pill? That's too bad. I'm taking the long way around and I don't care what you're doing. <laughs> it's pretty much my the way I've always been. But, you know, here's so whatever. We're making fun of it. I honestly, truly, the only reason I ever have talked about this is because I know the the delusion, the mass delusion that's out there that you cannot, you cannot lose weight. You cannot get healthy. You're too far gone. You haven't figured out the exact perfect uh, hormonal cocktail and you know you get online and it's like I just saw this morning this guy just said I just gained 10 pounds of muscle with this jump rope which is not physically possible and you know and oh you have the you have a stress belt and it's like you listen hey you guys if you want to be free and just healthy eat more protein if you want to lose fat eat in a calorie deficit and just be free to enjoy the foods well, that you want to enjoy I think that's the key is that you're talking about eating for a specific goal because um someone who has a food allergy and is a healthy weight does not need to have a goal of losing weight or losing fat so and they may have a diet that they do feel better on that works better for them. But you're not talking Enjoy about it. fat loss. That's not. Yeah. If your goal is weight loss, specifically fat loss, then yeah. you really do only have one option. You have right. one you have one healthy option and it's eat more protein and eat in a calorie deficit and just, you know, don't be afraid of food. I accidentally ate 240 grams of protein less yesterday, which is way, way wow, too much. Bit. Yeah, that's a lot. It's way too much. Um, just really shot. Yeah, I will. It, shot for the I moon. I get it. I'm I surprised sh- it's the first time it's happened. <laughs> I feel like you were decided at some point in the last two years that you were going to eat more protein. And I'm surprised you haven't taken it upon yourself to meet like some sort of record level protein intake. Because, you know, said, summer's all about those PRs. Set the bar, <laughs> I set the bar yesterday. I really have a lot. Can I get to 500? Okay. Um, anyway, so thank you, guys. I just want to say there's. I'm getting so many messages and emails. Just, hey, I'm, I feel so much better now that I'm eating more protein and, and whatever and all that stuff. And so I, I see your emails. Thank you. Keep Keep it up. Keep doing it. It's okay if you struggle, if you're struggling to lose weight. And, and I get it's it. okay. Confess any sin, start again, be consistent, and don't be afraid of food. Uh, yep. And um, the number to be is two hundred forty. Okay. Um, also, the <laughs> other email that I got <laughs> that I just absolutely again this sweet snodgrass didn't say, "Hey, you can read this on the air." So I'm gonna hide the identity as best as I can. All right. Here's the email. Uh, I'm listening to your interview. You talked about living Redwall. You're a few years younger than my oldest son, who was such a Redwall fan. So he's, I'm younger, so he's, you know, he would right. be in his late yes. 30s. Yes. Okay. He and a few friends started an online e-zine. So we're talking in the late, oh, cool. in the late 1990s. It ran through 2010. They even got to interview Brian Jakes. Wondering if you're familiar with it. So Brian Jakes is the author of the Redwall series. Okay, here we go. My son died in a car crash in September oh 2003. 
And in, and the October 2004 issue was dedicated to him with everyone writing their memories of him. In that same October, my other son received a package in the mail from the UK. Not having a clue what it could be, he opened it, and it was the newest book, newest Redwall book, uh, with the UK cover and a sweet note from Mr. Brian Jakes wow. himself. He actually knew about my son's death and took the time to send his brother a book. So kind. Wow. I just knew Brian Jakes would be that kind of person. That is... I mean, heartbreaking and then yeah. heartwarming. Yeah, I was like, like what I know. Turn. It's a roller coaster. It was like, oh, uh, you what know, she's talking about her story. son. And I'm so, so, just like so sad to hear he died in 2003. So let's see, I would have been 14. So he was yeah. so young. Mm-hmm. Anyway, what a crazy wow. story. And that Brian Jakes like reached out and sent a book. Beautiful. Anyway, I also loved the part where it was the late 90s and her son started an easy right, yeah. like how cutting edge well, and yeah, cool. I can tell he was obviously cool. He was obviously cool because an easy in 1998. Cool right? Like he was so niche before it was like cool to be right. niche. Yeah. Anyway. What Man. a great unsad email. And thanks that's for sharing. Yeah, yes. It was just gem. I was like this was worth talking about. Okay. Uh, you can leave us a voicemail and I'm not trying to try not to say my phone number this time at 470-465-0475. If you like the show, you know, support it. Head to patreon.com slash theologians. You can do that there or join book club, which is going great. Let's see. Yeah. It's not too late to join. It's not too late to join. I feel like maybe it would still, it'd still be okay. Yes. So we had our introductory meeting this past Wednesday we will be really diving into the book starting this week so it's not too late so grab your copy of thoughts for young men and it's a short book so chances are our reading was not the reading assigned was not astronomical which means that plus Amazon means you could seriously yes. realistically. It's also still on join Kindle. Us. It's also on P. I think it's free on PDF. So there you go. Join us. It's going to be a good time. Um, and that's at patreon.com slash theologians. All right. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. We are time traveling back to 1991. Um, let's see. The number one song on the radio was Coming Out of the Dark by Gloria Stefan. What? Have you ever heard that song? Coming Out of the Dark. Let's um, see. In April 4th of 1991, I was two i was two as well yep you just turned two Mm -hmm. april 4th i know a few people with that birthday oh really yeah oh that's a Um, that's a birthday day yeah okay i didn't know that and i think it had something is that the day the titanic sank april 4th no no is that the day that it set uh it's sail sunk at on the 12th right 2 15 in the morning of april 15th 15th okay then why did i have that there's something else i think it sets it set sail on the 12th okay anyway april 4th so it's not the titanic but it's something well, it's else. close anyway, enough okay you're t- i mean the important april thing 4th, here we should still all be thinking about, about titanic. titanic it's titanic month <laughs> right yes we April. we accidentally turned it into some group month that nobody no cares about. But right, um, Titanic month. It's April Titanic is Titanic month what, officially. What are you doing to celebrate <laughs> Titanic this month? 
<laughs> okay, so Gloria Stefan has the number one song on the radio. Um, gas costs a dollar ten percent, a dollar ten per gallon. Well, it's like it's like I, Trump was president already. I do remember. <laughs> I do. It must have gone back down. I don't think I have memories from from that young, but I do remember there was a time where everyone was like, nobody's get gas to stay because we will not pay a dollar. Wow. And I remember like seeing like a That's little the 98 American, cent. That's the American cents. spirit. They weren't even using three digits. <sighs> what happened? Crazy? To, what happened to us, America? When we started paying a dollar for gas, everything went downhill. Yep. All of you guys that didn't not buy gas that day. When you didn't fault. stand up to that. Now we have drag queen story hour. All right. Sorry, um, mom, if you did end up going that day, <laughs> but it is your fault. <laughs> I blame you. <laughs> <laughs> That's it was just one short fall to drag queen story hour. <laughs> it's the gas prices, man. Uh George H. W. Bush was president and uh Tiny Toons and Barbie doing fitness were the toys and the happy meals. <laughs> I just Aww. really wanted you it's nineteen ninety one. Yeah, I'm sorry, but also can we talk about how how much the Happy Meal toys have suffered? Seriously. <laughs> Oh what man! What do they give you now? I don't know. I wouldn't know. I haven't been. I haven't been to McDonald's since 1991. Tarot cards, probably. <laughs> it's fentanyl. It's, it's how. To- <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know if that's funny. We laughed, but I don't know if it's supposed to be funny. <laughs> what I'm saying is we've come a long way. <laughs> I'm sorry. Now I'm just uncomfortable. Why did I say that? I took it too far. <laughs> Oh well. Um, <laughs> what I'm I was gonna let you tell your stories. What I was gonna say is like they give you an enneagram chart, but yours was <laughs> way better than mine. All right, a little over the top. That's where we go. My sentence I just said was like your protein intake <laughs> yesterday. Just like a lot unnecessary. <laughs> yep, unnecessary yeah. amount and made you feel a little protein. sick, maybe. <laughs> And also, who's going to raise the bar? I mean, probably me next episode. Will I get in trouble? No, because no. I'm not you. I will get the email about what you just said. Summer, your friend. Um, Fentanyl, uh, I'll just never forget this. I don't think I've told this story on the air, but um, when I had to go get a DNC in March of 2020, the doctor looked me I he, the doctor was like describing like here's the process or whatever and he was very dry you know how doctors are just very dry yeah yeah so he was like you know in 30 years of doing this I've only perforated one woman's uterus <laughs> first of all was how he started huh. and I was like listening like okay I'm going I'm going with you and then uh I asked him you know do I have to be put under or whatever? And he goes, hey, yeah, you know that stuff that killed Michael Jackson? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, that's what we'll give you. <laughs> that's what he told me. Just a little doctor humor. Straight face. Dead serious. I was like, oh. And he was like, yeah, it's good stuff. You won't feel a thing. And I was like, okay, great. Anyway. You're like Maybe a little Maybe, bit. Maybe a little something. I don't Just remember. Just to know. 
You know what? I woke up and I wanted a Chick-fil-A. All right. Sounds so like he did a good job. He did a great job. Here I am. And we're fine. <laughs> so Tiny Toons and Barbie doing fitness were the toys and the Happy Meals. Don't know what they are today. But the point is, it was 1991 and people used payphones, And that's an important part of the story. They paid $1.10 for gas. They listened to Gloria Stefan and they used time. payphones. It was a different time. We're also going to uh, Clinton, Missouri which is a small town that's never had more than 9,500 people in it, live in it at once. Wow. Um, just in case you guys didn't know this, I did not know this. Missouri is next to Illinois. It is. Which, in my head, Missouri was so much further south. Okay. I get that. I just, I really know that because I have actually traveled through Missouri to Illinois. Yes, I have not. But- uh, and in my head, Missouri was just... Another southern state. And out of curiosity, I looked at the map and I was like, wow. It's, well, because Arkansas is below Missouri, right? Yeah. So that's kind of, you were probably kind of putting it, you forgot about Arkansas. Sorry, Arkansas. I mean. My bad. It can happen. That happens to the best of us. (laughs) All right. So the scene of the crime, we're at a payphone outside of the food barn in Clinton, Missouri in 1991. Yes, it was a place called the food barn. And, uh. Our young Angela Hammond, she is 20 years old. She is four months pregnant and engaged to the father of her child. His name is Rob. Uh, they met. They fell in love. It was quick. It was fast. They're about to start a family. Rob was a nice guy. Everyone liked Rob. Rob's not a problem in the story. We're just going to start right there. Rob is not a problem in the story. Angela went by Angie, and she and her friend Kyla were just hanging out one night. They were driving around downtown. And according to everything I read about the story, that was what you did in Clinton, Missouri. Right. Well, and when you say downtown, <laughs> yeah. nobody I'm talking nobody about... imagined Chicago or anything. No. <laughs> we're not in Chicago. All right. She's food barn. The food barn. <laughs> it was the place that people hung. Okay. So uh, Rob was not hanging out with Angie this night. He was uh, at his parents' place watching his little brother. And the plan, the loose plan, was Angie and Kyla were going to hang out. They were going to drive around downtown. And then Rob and Angie would meet up later and hang out, do whatever more driving around downtown you did in Clinton, Missouri in 1991. Listen to some Gloria Stefan. Burn rubber with all that cheap gas. You could get a Happy Meal if your town had a McDonald's. But definitely not ice cream (laughs) because the ice cream machine is broken. Um, So Kyla and Angie were walking around, having a good time, and it's late at night. Around 11 p.m., Angela decided that she was tired and she wanted to go home, which makes sense to me because she's four months pregnant. So, Oh, at 11? Yeah. 11 p.m.? Yeah, she was already done. Are you kidding me? Like, because she probably worked earlier, <laughs> probably in the day, so she was probably on her feet all day. Four months pregnant is just tired. Pregnant. That's when you just, you just tired. Um, <clears throat> so she took Kyla home, and she was going to go back to her trailer. And this was again 1991, so people did not have cell phones. So what did she do? She had to tell Rob, "Hey, man." Don't come out tonight because I'm going home and I'm yeah. tired. And that's not how this is going to go. So she stopped at a payphone, a payphone she'd probably stopped at a million billion times in her right. life because people use payphones back mm-hmm. in the day. 
And she called Rob, who was still babysitting his little brother, and was like, well, apparently the two of them could never stop talking. It was like me and my husband. Obnoxious. When we start talking, we're just talking. We're yeah. just, here we are, four hours later, still talking. How did we get here? I don't know. <laughs> but we're still talking. And everyone said that the two of them, they'd get going, and it was like no one else existed. So for whatever reason, she wants to go home, but she's on the phone with him. They're in love. All right. So she's on the phone telling him how she's just going to go home. But this call went on for 15 minutes. Well, during and it's important to note, she didn't have a phone at home. So it's not like she could have just gone home and then called him and been like, hey. Oh, so she had to go to. She a, had in okay. order to let him know she was going to have to stop and let him know because she couldn't call him when she got home. <clears throat> how old is she? 20. OK. They're about the same age. All right, so while she's on the phone with him, there is this uh, green truck that she didn't recognize, which in a small town meant probably somebody that she didn't know. Yeah. Um, was circling, came into the parking lot, left the parking lot, circling the parking lot, and she mentioned it to Rob because it was weird that this car was... Yeah. It's 11 p.m. We're not in a bustling city. There's a car she doesn't recognize. Uh, so Rob asked her to describe the car. Well, because it was a truck, I'm assuming. Men and trucks, you know. Tell me yeah. tell me about the truck. Right. She told him that the truck was a green Ford pickup, a late 60s or early 70s model. And then the truck was gone. And then they kept talking. But not long after that, the truck came back. At this point, Angie's feeling very uncomfortable. The man parked, the driver of the truck, parked close to the payphone. We're in the parking lot of the booth barn. Sorry, not booth barn, food barn. And uh, there's two payphone booths next to each other. And he got into the other booth. And at this point, she's feeling so nervous that she starts describing the man to Rob. She says that he looks really dirty. He's got a long beard. He's got a dark baseball hat on. And she just kept describing just how like dirty he looked. Um, almost mm. like, mm, like, did he just crawl out of like, was he doing work in a field? Right. Like, I, okay. That's so, what I instantly, it's like worker. Yeah. Someone who has a hard yeah laborious job like that and long beard very noticeably scraggly beard so he exits the phone booth gets back in his car starts doing something with a flashlight and this whole time angie is just like narrating everything this guy is doing and rob is like you know he's probably just lost or maybe the payphone like that he was just in wasn't working or whatever he's trying to tell angie like you know there's there are other explanations as to why this man, like, you don't know him, he's lost, whatever. Well, then Angela starts screaming, and Rob can only hear the man's voice. Now, <clears throat> the phone booth that Angela was in was only seven blocks away from Rob's parents' house that he was at. So Rob just immediately gets in his truck and peels out because he knows exactly where she's at. Right. We're talking less than a mile away. So he gets in his truck because Angela is screaming and he starts heading for the phone booth. As he was racing down the street, 
he sees headlights coming his direction and a truck that matches the description of the truck that Angie had described, the green Ford pickup. And as he passes, as he and his truck passes this truck, he sees Angie in the vehicle fighting. That is... Horrible. Yes. Yes. So he threw his truck into a wild U-turn because he is going to now be chasing this vehicle because his fiance and his unborn child are in it. And she has just been abducted by this person. Now, it's about... It's a little bit... I think it's... What was the timeline? It's late at this point. So Mm -hmm. pitch dark. She called him at 11. They talked for a while. So it's like... Not a major midnight ish. Yes, it's it's late. Um, so as he is, so he throws his truck into a U turn. He starts following the truck, and all of a sudden, his truck starts coming to a literal halt, and it breaks down. No, he had destroyed his transmission when he had thrown it into a U turn, and it literally went no. kaput. And the truck and Angie disappear. So oh he, my yeah. So How he horrible for everybody. For everybody, he busts How out of his feel like. Oh, okay. Sorry. I know. I'm just gonna let you go ahead. I know. I know. Like you're chasing this man who has in your feeling. Like I have some hope yeah. of get, no. getting her. Something had happened. Like we know now. Obviously, he didn't know what was happening in the moment, right. but he had like completely destroyed his transmission when he had thrown his truck mm. in reverse and had tried to do this U-turn and keep up with the truck, and um, it was shot. So um, he gets out of the truck. He starts running. He's trying to find somebody. He doesn't have a cell phone. It's 1991. He can't just call the police. He can't just get on the phone. He finds someone, screams like, this is what's going on. I Like, take me to the police station now. And so whoever this good citizen was, you know, that hears the story, takes him to the police station. And they come busting into the police station. It's 12.05 p.m. So this okay. this is, like, all happening very, very, very fast. He tells them what happened. He gives them Angie's description of the man. He describes the truck. And, of course... The search is on. But remember, very small town, not a massive police force. Yeah. The detective who ends up taking over the case doesn't even arrive for work until like 6 a.m. the next, like six hours later. Um, <clears throat> so, of course, at this point, Angie is gone. There's no sign. There's no sign. They're at least 20 minutes behind right. Angie and the man <clears throat> at this point. Oh, man. So, of course, Rob was implicated. Some said his story was too dramatic, like, oh, your truck, like the transmission. But ultimately, the more the police dug into the case, there was no proof of foul play on Rob's part. And there were several witnesses who reported seeing Rob and his truck doing exactly what he said I remember I do I've heard of this story before I forget like almost all the details except for I remember that like the boyfriend seemed guilty at first but wasn't it just seemed like that it sounds like the type of story you'd say to cover yeah 
but it just happened to be right. true and it's right. crazy things do happen <laughs> well and people have asked questions like why would why was she on you were seven blocks away like if she wanted to come tell you something why wouldn't she just show up like you were this far away like right. how close everything was it's almost like how could you have failed which i'm sure he's had to deal with for I know, well yeah 30 years at this point yeah. but like he didn't he ask. probably can't go a day without just thinking, thinking that about a little that. bit yeah so of course um and Angie's family, importantly, I think, too, they always believed that Rob was not involved. Like, they knew him very well. And nobody who knew Rob or Angie believed anything was weird there. And there was, like, just, there's just no proof. Like, everything checked out with his story. Yeah. As crazy as it sounded. Um, so a massive land and air search takes place with over 200 volunteers. People were climbing and hiking and going through the brush and dragging rivers and Angie and the truck were never found. So this was April Titanic month of 1991. And in 2021, it had been 30 years and there's literally been nothing like not a scrap that the pub. This is why I've heard of this. Yeah. This is why you've heard of it. Okay. Uh-huh. I just remembered. I don't. I don't, again don't remember any of the details. But okay. Yes. Yep. Okay. So the Clinton police captain Paul Abbott, um, he took over the case in 2006. Man, talk about your life just changing like in an instant. Oh, just shockingly, shockingly, yeah. and oh. it's a small town. So you know, it's a small town. You just, you don't expect, you feel very comfortable. Like this is somebody who Angie's a 20 year old young lady. She's comfortable being out late at night, which means this is not the first time she's ever been out late at night. And it's, she knows everyone. And that's why it was so weird. That's why she noticed the truck. That's why the truck was so weird. That's why she was so disconcerted. And obviously she should have been. Um, And I just, I can't relate to li- like living in a place like that when I'm out in the fifth largest city in the nation I'm just like I don't know any of you and I'm on guard and yeah and uh, I I mean I think I don't know maybe I when I was 20 I do think when I was 20 I probably thought I was a little more invincible invincible but I'm certainly not yeah like you know I've also never lived in a tiny town when I was 20 so I don't <laughs> right I don't know the situation. Right. Um, All right. So Paul Abbott really, really wants this case to be solved. Like I said, he it's been his since 2006. And he has a theory that has kind of evolved over time. And he thinks there was a lead that came very early on in the investigation um, that the public did not know about until 2021 that they kept a secret. And basically, they decided to uh, uh, no longer keep it a secret because they received an anonymous voicemail, an anonymous caller that left a voicemail at the precinct with details about this lead. And this call was left in 2021, again, 30 years after the disappearance. Wow. So... 
Paul Abbott is like trying to get the person who left the anonymous call to get into conversation with him. And um, they just want to increase interest in the case. So here's the press release regarding that lead. So the Clinton Police Department stated that one of the leads came from the Lake of the Ozarks region. So Missouri, Lake of the Ozarks, this is kind of where we're at. So a CI, a confidential informant, played a crucial role in disrupting a significant illegal narcotics operation by testifying in a court proceeding. When the informant's identity was disclosed during the case, the informant received a cryptic letter composed of cut-and-paste characters in the style of a ransom letter one might see in a movie about a kidnapping. So imagine the worst, like... What was it in like um uh what was that Sandra Bullock movie? Miss Congeniality. Oh yeah. Where yes. they have that ransom letter yes. and it's like cut and paste from right. a magazine and it's so cheesy and it's so bad. It's that. It's that it's that cheesy, that bad. Okay. That mm. kind of cheesy bad ransom letter was postmarked the same day of Angela's disappearance. And in that letter, the letter addresses the CI, the confidential informant by the number that had been assigned to him to protect his identity in the court proceeding. And it mentions the informant's estranged wife by first name. And the letter was postmarked, like I said, on April 4th, 1991. And the informant's wife and his daughter, also named Angela, were living in Clinton at the time. After the Clinton Police Department spoke with several people of interest and witnesses, the theory developed by investigators is that in retribution for the informant providing information that led to the prosecution of this criminal enterprise, a person or persons involved in the criminal enterprise planned and executed the kidnapping of the informant's daughter. Unfortunately, some mistake was made as the identity of the Angie who was the informant's daughter. They got the wrong Angie because the informant's daughter, Angie, looked a lot like Angela Hammond and also lived in Clinton, Missouri. And that is what that is what why the police believe that she was the motivation for her being taken. Abducted. But so if they if they sent this like crudely pasted together. Uh-huh. Did it like what do they want and like what did they do with her? Yeah, if those demands weren't. So the letter was just it's in the in this press release I just read they referred to it as a ransom letter, but it really I've read it it really wasn't a ransom it was just like hey you're gonna get what you deserve oh and we're coming after you okay we know where your daughter is so there was no like. It wasn't like it was like you'll see her again if you do X, Y and Z. We know we know who you are. And they did. They did know because the the confidential informant in the case, his like identity was hidden. But they knew when. So like in the court proceedings, they referred to him by a number so they could hide his identity. But in that quote unquote ransom letter, they list the number. And then they name his Address. wife and his okay. child. They're letting him know. We know who you are. We know who you are. And we're coming for you. And. And if they just like sent like some goon to do the job, they're not going to know the difference between two right. AGs living in a tiny town. And you know what was so interesting to me 
was the police sketch that this I think the police know more than they've let on. There's a few okay. reasons why. Um, so both. So when Angie was describing the man in the truck to Rob, she kept commenting on how dirty he was and particularly like his beard, his scraggly beard. He's dirty. He's got this beard. He's got this dark baseball cap on, whatever. In the police sketch, the police sketch is missing the beard, which is like kind of a huge red flag. And the police were like, oh, well, he was obviously wearing some sort of like fake beard and hiding his. Obviously. Right, obviously. And hmm. I was watching a um an interview from one of the police officers and he said the mo- he said yes, it, it was a case of just mis- mistaken identity. It was it was really incredible. And the way he said it was so fake to me. It was like it was like a bad actor trying to tell you that something was hmm. incredible. Like I think the police know like we're talking about if this whole lake of the Ozarks Thing and well, criminal enterprise. Yeah, then they know they know who the guy was testifying against, which means they know at least the group that would have ordered that. Yeah, and if you have a very specific yeah description of someone that's a part of that group, yes, you probably might even know exactly who. Right. The police definitely know stuff they've not said, and great if that's going to help the case. I mean, yeah, I guess sometimes they don't say anything for perfectly good reasons. Um, But yeah, the letter was really bad. The ransom note was really bad. Again, it wasn't even a ransom note. Um, It's almost like something that someone would do who wasn't a part of, like someone who was hired out. Yes. Like someone who wouldn't have typically done this kind of thing. They would be like, what does a kidnapper do? I've (laughs) seen this in a movie. Let me go get this. Not like (laughs) someone, not like some organized crime. Right. Tough guy. That's just used to taking people out or whatever. No. Yeah. It seems like something that. Yeah. Someone not like someone imitating. What this is supposed to look like. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was really, really bad. Um, so yeah, we still do not know. We don't know what happened to Angela Hammond, the Clinton, oh, Missouri little baby. I know. And she, I mean, 20 years old. She was 20. She was four months pregnant and they've never found her body. And that's really, really upsetting. Um, the parents don't even get to have any sort of like closure in that way. Um, but yeah, as of 2021, the police are asking like, if you have any information, if you're the anonymous caller, like, please, right. we'll let you stay anonymous. Just like, how did you Give know? Anything. Like, yeah. what, whatever. And so that's why they've released that ransom letter to try to like drum up more interest. And um, yeah, that is the unsolved case of Angela Hammond. I did con- I did keep reading that Unsolved Mysteries actually covered this case in like 2010. So that would oh, have been okay. before the le- a letter came out. Right. Um but I couldn't find the episode. It, it, oh, on, if you go online it's like, "Oh, it's this episode," but then you go to that episode and it's not the Angela Hammond story. So, I don't know. And I saw way too much Unsolved Mysteries as a result of trying to find this episode. That was that show was terrible. I'm sorry. It what a horrible like even just the intro was just <laughs> the nineties were a wild time. True. Um truly. Just, I mean Gloria Stefan, the hair. 
the gas prices, the bar- wow. Barbie doing fitness toys. Anyway, yep, that's it. That's the story of uh, Angela Hammond. And I would love in like two years to be able to say they found her body. I know. Have you seen, this is a slight change of pace. Um, Remember when I covered the story of MH370, the uh-huh. flight that disappeared? Yeah. Well, there's a whole Netflix Oh, show yeah. on it now. I did see that, it's, but I didn't watch it. I but I saw that it existed. I mean, I watched it immediately. Right. I of course you did. Just watched it, watched it, and then then it half it was fifty percent conspiracy theory. Oh. Uh, and I loved it. Yeah. I mean, well, I, I, <laughs> sometimes it's like you, especially the less information you know, it's really becomes this speculation that you would hope. Yeah, like lead to the truth, but they really, they really go down some rabbit holes on Mm. the in the show and lots of stuff I didn't know. And there's just been a lot in the last several years because they still technically maybe found the plane or maybe they didn't. And it's all still very weird and suspicious. And uh, it's worth the watch. That's it. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, maybe we'll be able to update one day. Yeah. I was going to, I was like, Gloria Stefan, that's how I end this show. (laughs) I don't think I am. (laughs) Um, I don't like any of these. I'm not having a good time even just looking at her page on Spotify. (laughs) Um, You guys can... (laughs) Uh, we'll see you over at book club at patreon.com slash theologians. True. You can leave us a voicemail at 470-465-0475. And we'll see you next week. See ya. Oh, how many are my foes? How many against me right? They all are saved. Now of me. Come